acolo, my wonderful friends, welcome to Fate FM Drive Time, welcome to BQ&A. This is the program where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible, and where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I am Nick Krita, South Australian Regional Coordinator for Faith FM. And if you like to make a comment or have your questions answered, you can text me on 0401-305-077 or email us info at faithfm.com.au. You can visit our website, faithfm.com.au, and make a request uh, Share your thoughts with us. Our theme for the week is the church in an unchristian world. And our big questions are, what is the church? Why does the church have so many hypocrites? Sexual abuse in the church. Is it real? Does the biblical church even exist? These are just some of the topics which we dealt with so far this week. And we are going to look today into um, another question. Does the church has a future? Our co-host today is Joseph uh, Maticic. And Joseph is a minister and general secretary for the church here in South Australia. Joseph, welcome to the program. Hello, Nick. It's great to be here. Yeah, Nick, I want to start off with um, by asking or, or uh, sharing a like a cryptic clue. All right. I wonder if you know what I'm referring to when I say this. What am I? I'm old, yet always new. There are many, yet only one. You can see me, but you can't. What am I? Well, the answer, Nick, is I am the church. All right, that's uh, a good one. You think about it this way. It's old. It, it's been around for at least for 2,000 years since yes. Jesus established the church. Uh, but it's also new. It's new because every time a person accepts Jesus Christ as their Savior, come to faith and become a believer, they become part of, uh, part of the church, part of, part of um, a follower of Christ and his body. Um, in, the, in, the clue it said, uh, in the cryptic clue, it said that there are many you just one. Well, there are many church groups around, mm-hmm. many, many, many congregations, but they are all uh, one uh, in, in, in Christ. Um, then we said you can see it, but you can't. Well, you can see the church. Uh, often you can see it as an organization. You can see the buildings of the church, uh, but also you can't because um, it's not just buildings. In fact, as we will see, it, it is actually really people. So, yeah, I thought that would be uh, an interesting way to uh, just beginning begin off with begin with today. Actually, that was really fun, Joseph, to to look at that in that way. Uh, wonderful, wonderful. Um, yes, as we're dealing today with uh, uh, does the church have a future? This is a very important uh, thing, and uh, I would like to just uh, play an ad. And I'll come back to this, and I'll introduce you also um, another guest uh, with us uh, today. But just listen to this ad, and if you like to get the book, this is the free offer which we give away this uh, week. And if you send an SMS, we'll have that book delivered to your door, free of charge, no obligation. 
is the ad for you. When your life gets harder and the world gets worse, Jesus has the answers. Do you need the hope that Jesus will bring into your heart? What about your friends, family or workmates? Faith FM's free offer for you today is a life-changing book called The Great Controversy, filled with stories of hope and encouragement that are guaranteed to draw you closer to Jesus. To receive your free copy of The Great Controversy, go to faithfm.com.au or call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. That's amazing book, and uh, if you put your hands on that one, you wouldn't regret it. I said that we have another guest with us, uh, David De Lima from Family Voice Australia. We always enjoying uh, his presence here, and uh, as he's also mentioning about uh, our topic. David, it's good to have you back in the studio. Just the other week we recorded, you know, through the phone, uh, you've been in Port Augusta. Yes. How was uh, in Port Augusta? It's great up there. Thank you, Nick. And now we're dealing uh, all this week with a very, you know, very important question. The church. What is the church? Mm. And um, uh, quite few topics, you know, we dealt with which the church is struggling with. Mm. We, we dealt uh, with hypocrisy in the mm. church, you know. Is that real? And also sexual abuse in the church, a big one. Uh, but um, we are going to tackle a little bit today also, David, um, does the church have a future? Yes, good question. You know, and uh, I would like to ask you this question first. I mean, you, David, you travel far and wide, speaking in many different churches. Mm. What is happening to our churches? Well, unfortunately, Nick, naturally speaking, we are in trouble. We're very much in a trough here in the West. It's true that faith is declining in general and church attendance is diminishing. Even though most people still self-identify as Christians in Australia, it's fascinating. Almost two-thirds of people tick the box Christian mm -hmm. when they're filling out the census form, but they're not in church so we need to really address that and think about why it is that people do not wish to come to church. Having said that, of course, the church in the third world is booming, mm -hmm. and it'll be soon that we'll be receiving missionaries from third world nations to reach out to Australia. Yes, that's uh, actually I was talking to some of my good friends from uh, you know Africa or other parts of the world, and uh, just mentioning that actually uh, maybe a hundred years ago or, or more, we sent missionaries to them yeah. there, and now probably it's uh, the other way around. Yes. We we may need to have missionaries coming from uh, from those parts of the world. To, yes. to really revitalize, you know, revive yes. uh, and, you know, um, help us help out. Us out. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, another one uh, here, David, I would like to ask you, uh, why is faith then declining in yes. Australia? Yes, the faith is declining slowly. And it's declining because we think that we don't need God. When there's a war, when there's an economic depression – things are different. Now, we've had the coronavirus recently. It hasn't really shaken the country the mm. way we had the shake-up, say, of the Second World War. You know, we, we haven't had food rationing. We've had toilet, yeah. toilet paper rationing, but not food rationing. We've not had the threat of an enemy invasion, and we haven't had the disaster of the economic depression in uh, nine, the 1930s, for example, mm -hmm. when people were starving to death. Yeah. Um, so we've had a shake-up, but not a, a very large one. Although, fascinatingly, 
uh, under the providence of God, our churches were shut. Yeah. And I'm not sure that we've really examined conscience in that matter. Mm-hmm. Read Isaiah chapter 1 where God says, stop bringing meaningless offerings. Uh, I don't think we've examined conscience sufficiently as God's people. Right. So faith is declining. It's declining under our watch. Under, under your watch and mine, mm-hmm. and so we need to make sure that we are doing everything within our power to yeah. spread the word and to encourage people to receive salvation and to come into the family of believers. Definitely, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a, you know it's a worry to to even talk about these things. Do we need a, a, a big big challenge, mm-hmm. you know, to really wake us up or yeah. to uh, be faithful? Uh, you mentioned you know um, during the war or. Let's say in the U.S., uh, September 11, that mm-hmm. was a big thing. People mm-hmm. turned to the church, but yes. in a couple of months' mm-hmm. time, they mm-hmm. forgot about that too. Yeah. And that's the big uh, big concern, you know. I mean, uh, do we really need to face those sort of things mm-hmm. to to have faith yeah. in God? How bad do we want it? Mm, absolutely. And also uh, related here with the previous question, David, why are churches declining? Then? Yes, yes. In part, it's due to a problem of the way that we've been transmitting the faith. Mm-hmm. Because in the past, we've sort of relied upon children obeying their parents, coming to church, and coming into the faith. And that's that's fine as far as it goes. That that is in fact a very wonderful thing. In fact, most people who are in church are there because their because their family has raised them up in the faith. But if we have not encourage people to think for themselves and to make their own decisions. Well, we live in a world now where you can just Google everything and find out what you want. But we, what we haven't done, Nick, in the churches is we haven't given the church to the young people. And yet the Holy Spirit touches both young and old. You know, your young men will mm. see visions we read. Yep, that's and, right. And the old men will dream dreams. So we need the young who are the future of the church as well as Christians today, mm-hmm. but but the future is in their hands. We need the young to be empowered to run our churches. And if we were to uh, empower our young people to really help out with the vision, I'm not saying usurping the mm-hmm. elders or anything like that, yes. but I'm saying in partnership, yeah. Yeah. where they, they are really starting to drive the vision of the church, then they'll blow us away by the things that they do, the yeah. wonderful things they Absolutely. do. Absolutely. And always, you know, uh, early church, for mm. example, after mm. Jesus, they were all mm. young, very they young were. people. Um, what I believe, uh, David, we need to consider here is that we really need to nurture the young ones, exactly. you know, exactly. to help them out, to train if it's necessarily all those things. Exactly. Uh, discipleship. I love to say, if a child can do it, then a child should do it. Mm-hmm. There are many things that we do in church that children could do. For example, collecting the offering. Yes. Praying over the offering, counting the offering, giving notices, serving uh, drinks and biscuits. Mm. Uh, all mm. sorts of things can be done by children that, so for some reason we exclude children from the mainstream life of the church, but we really need to bring them right into the middle. Yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, the last question, David, I would like to ask you to, today. Um, what practical ways can we promote the faith and the church? Well, Nick, one of the ways we can do that is to highlight the Christian basis for so many of the good things that we enjoy in this country. You think of the freedom, the political stability, the economic prosperity, the ability to trust each other in business, the 
safe and fairly remunerated workplaces that we enjoy. Mm -hmm. None of this grows on a tree. It's come as Christian people have sought the wisdom of God and applied the wisdom of Christ for running the the community. So history is on our side as we go about our evangelism in this country. We can simply point out that these things have come to us by God through his people who have sought him and applied wisdom. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's really an unassailable um, way of doing the gospel because when people say, oh, we need more atheism, well, you show me an atheist country that they'd like to go and retire to. I don't mm, think so. Mm. Uh, we need more faith. Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. Thank you very much, David, for joining us today. And, uh, you know, if we have more people like you going around from church to church and um, stand tall and share the message, the good news, the gospel, uh, I believe uh, we'll have more faithful people around. May God richly bless you as you work hard to reach out to people in this world with the Family Voice Australia. Thank you so much, Nick. And I believe David was pretty good with the sharing uh, about the, the church for today. Even, you know, as he's traveling around uh, churches and uh, involved in politics and uh, all those things, um, yeah, I really enjoyed the, the, how he looked at, uh, at certain things, uh, Joseph. Now, still back to you, Joseph, on this question. Does the church has a future? I mean, I asked David uh, the same question. And, uh, you know, w- what would you s- say, Joseph? It was great to uh, hear those insights from David. Um, yeah, very, very good insights, Nick. It was, it, it really, um, reminds us of, 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 of this, the importance of this topic as we look at the church. Where we are right now, particularly in Australia, um, and the situation that we find ourselves in, uh, David raised a, 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 and highlighted a couple of important things there about the about faith and uh, the decline of faith, the decline of church, and uh, he really highlighted the, the challenge that we face, and so that lends us to really. To, to, to this question, it leads us to ask this question that we're looking at, going to look at in this program specifically: Does the church? Have a future. Mm. Uh, that's a very, very important question. Uh, we've looked at some other aspects of church, and now we have to come and face this one. What is the future like for the church uh, as we as we see it at the moment? Nick, I want to begin uh, in response to that question, or begin responding to it by uh, taking us to a passage um, of scripture in the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter sixteen. And uh, read there the, the words that Jesus spoke. Uh, and he said this in Matthew 16, verse 18. Jesus said, um, it's, it, Jesus here is actually speaking to, to Peter, one of, one of his disciples. And um, he, he, had, he was responded to uh, a comment that Peter had made about Jesus, a great confession when Jesus had asked them, who do you say that I am? Um, Peter said, you are the Messiah, the Son of the Living God, um, or you are the Christ, mm-hmm. the Son of the Living God. And Jesus said, "Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. This was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by Father in heaven." And then notice these words. He said, "And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades, or even the gates of hell, will not prevail mm. against it." Uh, 
there's a in the original language. Just to mention here, Nick, because um, because in this verse, uh, Jesus says, "You are Peter, and on this rock, uh, there there has been a, a thought uh, over the years where people think that Jesus is basing his, and building his church on Peter." And he's the first pope. And he, well, yeah, as, as a first leader. Uh, part of the reason is a misunderstanding of the, the name, the meaning of Peter and the original word for, for Peter as well as for rock. Um, the word Peter um, in Greek is Petros, which means rock. Yes. That actually, actually means stone. Um, and so there's a there's a bit of a play on words here because then he says, and on this rock I will build my church. So it sounds like you are a rock, and on this rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, it's a different Greek word for rock. It's Petra. Uh, one's a little pebble, a little yes, stone, yes, and the other one's a, a, a yeah, a, a huge rock. That's right. And yeah. the, uh, the other one is like a pebble, which you, if you have a pebble in your uh, sandal, you know. It will really give you lots of headaches. <laughs> can be irritating, yes. <laughs> so uh, Jesus is not building his church on Peter. It's not based on Peter, uh, on this rock. Uh, and, and elsewhere we have a, a, another clear statement in Scripture uh, where Christ is the rock, yes. First, First Corinthians chapter 10, uh, for example. Um, and Jesus says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail or will not overcome it. Uh, Jesus here clearly states that he will build his church. Uh, and uh, so Jesus established the church. Uh, Jesus is the one who is the, 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 the head uh, of the church. When Jesus, interestingly enough, uh, Jesus um, didn't speak too much about a church when he was here. This is one of the very few references mm, actually to mm. it, uh, Nick, which is really interesting. And so it's interesting to notice what he actually does say about the church. Um, but uh, what we find is that obviously uh, Jesus started a movement, um, uh, followers, or more specifically, they were disciples whom he he gave the command and uh, that they were initially with him for specifically for three and a half years and after mm-hmm. his death and resurrection and he had left and ascended to heaven, uh, they went and continued his work and they shared a message about Jesus, about his life and his teachings and many others came to faith, came to believe in Jesus and uh, and so this, this group of followers became established as the church. Yes. And they have continued on ever since. Jesus... Uh, uh, he indicates that um, also that the church, uh, whilst he says, I will build my church, he also says that, that the gates of hell will not be able to prevail against it. The, the church is going to face opposition. The church will face challenges. Absolutely. And uh, here's encouragement. Here's already, I guess, uh, well, this is really getting to the answer, Nick. Does the church have a future? Yes, it does. Because Jesus says he'll build the church, and Jesus himself is, is, is eternal. Uh, we, we know that. He's saying yesterday, today, forever. He, he is the everlasting one. Um, and not only that, he says that no matter what might be thrown against the church, even, even hell itself is not going to be able to destroy the church. And you know, Joseph, while you mentioned that, uh, I'm thinking of the Dark Ages, you know, when people say, what well, was the church? You know, but the invisible church, the true church, the true people, true believers, you know, as uh, we share with uh, with David, David said, I mean, is there faith anymore, you know? That's right. Uh, and God always had his people. Well, even though the church, sorry, uh, even though the church, many times as, you know, as we can misuse that 
term, you know, mm. the church, what's the church, I mean, mm. which church, and so on, uh, can be misused. Um, but God promised that, that the hell will not prevail. Prevail or overcome it, that's right. Yeah. And, yeah, you, you mentioned there uh, one example, Nick, that, and there are a number of instances uh, or a number of ways in which the church has been attacked. Mm-hmm. Um, it certainly has had so many things against it over the years, Nick. Um, opposition. Uh, and, and it started really early, Nick, right from the beginning, right beginning with the very first believers. Yes. We read about it in the book of Acts. Correct. Uh, lit- right there at the start, uh, the, the early church leaders faced opposition. Initially, it was from the Jews. Um, you remember Peter and John, Acts chapter 3, Acts mm-hmm. chapter 4, wanting to forbid them from preaching and teaching about Jesus. Uh, and then uh, later on, that opposition came from from other sources, um, uh, the, the Roman Empire um, at, at times, and then what you mentioned, that, you know, through the Dark Ages, of mm-hmm. course. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there, there have been attacks and threats and challenges against, against the church. Um of course, the enemy is behind all of this, Nick, we need yes. to say. It's the enemy. Um, and it's it's interesting. Now, I don't want to go into it, but uh, it's fascinating because in Revelation chapter 12, Nick, there is a fascinating prophecy um, that uses the symbols uh, to represent the church. Um, and and it talks there, the church is represented as a, as a beautiful woman, as, as a lady, um, a figure of the church. Uh, Jesus used that uh, analogy as well, uh, referring to to his church as a bride. Mm -hmm. And um, there in Revelation 12, though, what I'm getting at is the fact that um, it talks about that the the devil was there, the dragon was represented by the dragon, symbolized by the dragon, I should say, uh, looking to to, to get at the woman. In other words, to get at the church. Um, It describes essentially Christian history. The devil has, has been behind this. Why? Because, you see, the devil... Uh, had tried to get Jesus. Yes. He'd come as the saviour of the world. He tried to get him right at birth, uh, even, you know, through through Herod, to try to destroy all the baby boys that were born Mm -hmm. there in Bethlehem. He didn't get him then. Uh, He he tried him in the the desert, and then he he, he kept at at Jesus to try to get at him. He couldn't get at Jesus. Jesus um, died and rose again, victorious, ascends to heaven. And so then he turns his attention on, on... the followers of Jesus yes. on the church. He yes. turns his attack, and he's always been working um, through agencies and through means. Essentially, he's used a couple of methods. One is direct attack, which is which we would call as persecution. Yeah, um, and um, that never worked. That the harder the persecution was, Nick, uh, the more the church seemed to flourish. Yes, and then uh, it, it you utilize some more subtle techniques, uh, such as. Infiltrating, mm. a deception, mm. uh, false teaching, um, and um, working working in a sense from within, um, and so that was another way in which uh, attacks came against the church. So there was there was opposition right from the outset. Uh, there's been persecution against the church. Um, there's been false teaching. There's been corrupt uh, times when the church became corrupted, mm-hmm. um, uh, where uh, power it became a, a, a real. Uh, source of incredible power and control, and then of course we had we have the behaviour of those in the church, whether it be the clergy, the leaders of the church, whether just the members themselves. But through it all, the church has survived. Amen. 
Jesus said that even the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Yes, yes. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And I like, uh, Joseph, um, as you pointed out, that uh, all, even though through the week we dealt with uh, some aspects uh, of false teaching, of hypocrisy, and uh, uh, all those things, you know. Mm. Um, now, can you think of a different ways the church has survived? Yeah. You, well, you touched on the dark ages. Uh, one of the ways the church survived through there uh, was the incredible commitment of the, the, the followers to stay loyal to Jesus Christ even at the point of death. Uh, we, we refer to that, Nick, as the martyrs. Yes. In other words, people who gave their lives uh, to follow Jesus, people who were killed, people who, yeah, who, who, who lost their lives in order to, to you know, to, to stay loyal to Jesus Christ. The, the enemy uh, in, endeavored to try to wipe out the church by, by wiping out the believers, uh, by, by persecuting, by killing them. But, and there's a, quite a famous uh, saying that came out of that, um, that the more they tried, the more the church continued to grow. Mm-hmm. The saying is, the blood of the martyrs became the seed of the church. Yes, It yes. inspired others to stand for God even more, and 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 the faith and faith actually spread. Uh, another way, Nick, uh, that the church has survived is um, going underground. Yeah, sometimes literally underground. Correct. Uh, you know, if, if you catacombs tra- and exactly, yeah. yeah. A number of years ago, I had the opportunity to travel through the Middle East and and into Europe. And um, uh, there's one place in, in Derinkuyu in in Turkey, in particular, um, about seven floors underground. Uh, meters and meters underground is uh, uh, r- remains of where uh, believers, Christians, uh, a church used to gather and worship uh, mm-hmm. centuries ago. So they actually literally went underground in order to keep the faith yes. and pres- per- persevere. Uh, ch- the church in the wilderness, there was uh, the, uh, Christians would go into hiding into remote uh, hills and 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 mountains uh, in order to um, stay together and stay loyal loyal to God. So that, 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 they, those are a number of the ways, Nick, in which the um, yeah. the church has survived. Yeah, and I'm thinking of the Waldenses. That's know? right. That's what I mean uh, yeah, by those in the yeah, wilderness. Absolutely, exactly. absolutely. Yeah. And and Joseph, why is it that the church survived? Throughout history, well, Nick, the, the, uh, as we see here, in, we saw in Matthew sixteen what Jesus said. That that's really um, in in summary what why it survived. It survived because Jesus said, "I will build my church, mm-hmm. and no matter what's thrown against it, w- won't prevail." Um, it has survived because the church is ultimately not an institution. Uh, ultimately, it's not an organization. Although there is need for organization, let let's not. Be misunderstood yeah, here. Yeah. Uh, let's let, let's let's just be yeah, um, yeah, clear on that. But it's ultimately not an, an institution. Uh, the church ultimately is not buildings. Mm. Uh, it's not the programs. It's not the facilities. The church is people. Nick. Yes. The church is you and I and all those who believe in Jesus Christ and commit their lives. To him, serve him, and share him with others. It is people who believe in a cause. Mm. People who, and that cause is that they believe in a person, the person of Jesus Christ, who, who is who is eternal. That's why the church has survived throughout history. 
And um, yeah, in an earlier program, we, we looked at what is the church, and we, we it was you know explained here on this program that ultimately the church is not buildings or projects; it's ultimately people. Absolutely, absolutely, and that's why like it survived that. because yes. people have kept kept on going. Yeah, yeah. yeah the other reason to uh, to look at um, why the church has survived is, uh, in addition to Jesus saying, "I will build my church." Um, let me share this other passage from Ephesians chapter 1, if I can. Ephesians cha- sure. chapter 1. Um, and uh, it says here in verse, uh, uh, it talks talks about Christ, um, who was raised from the dead. Pick it up in verse 20. Christ was raised from the dead. Um, and, uh, and, and it says that he's been exalted. Verse 21, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet. Yes. That's Jesus, referring to Jesus. God placed all things under his feet and appointed him, that is Jesus, to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. In other words, God made him uh, to be the head of... He's the head of the church. Yes, Jesus is the head of the church. That's why uh, we can we can have an assurance of its of its future. Uh, similar words in Ephesians chapter two. Uh, it, it says there that um, from verse nineteen, it's referring to the believers. You are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of His household, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, with Christ Jesus Himself as the chief cornerstone. Yes, you see, here is that yeah. what you refer in Matthew. You know that uh, right. o- on this rock I will build the church. That's right. And we're talking again here the pure church. We are. You we know are. the the true. Um, uh, people yep. of God. Yep. Hey, Joseph, um, I think it's time just to take a short break right now, and uh, we're going to to play some music. I'm thinking of this one, uh, We Have This Hope, by the Emmanuel Quartet. Stay with us. This is Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A. We'll be back in a minute. We have this hope that burns within our hearts. Hope in the coming of the Lord We have this faith that Christ alone imparts Faith in the promise of His Word We believe the time is here Nations far and near shall awake and shout and sing, Hallelujah, Christ is King. We have this hope that burns within our hearts. In the coming of the Lord. Certainly, we have this hope and the faith is on if we are trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ, the head of the church, the one who's uh, um, saying so strongly that the uh, hell will not prevail and uh, whatever it you may think, you, you may ask yourself question, where are we heading? What's the, the church in these days? 
stay strong and faithful to Jesus Christ and uh, he is going to um, to lift lift us up Joseph yeah. mm. uh, this question um, today uh, if the church has a future you know I think it's very important because uh, many people will just look around and see what's happening in the world you know what's happening in the world and they will ask this question I mean even Jesus himself said this uh, uh, when he'll come would he find faith on this earth you know but the church is promised that it yeah. is going to to be identified David Delima earlier uh, with a shared um, some very important information and and, and and powerful insights that we do face some challenges Nick we really we really do um, the church in Australia is really uh, at an interesting stage um, that, that there's declining attendance mm, that we, mm. we cannot deny that at all there's definitely been a declining attendance um, David referred to the to the census and um, clearly the number of people identifying as Christians and the number and and others uh, the statistics surveys clearly show that church attendances are, are declining there's um, there's the whole influence of secularism mm-hmm. um, that is really affecting um, as a nation. We're less and less influenced by Christian values and ideas and um, and, and influences. Um, then there's another challenge that, that of irrelevance. Uh, the church is really not seen as as irrele- as a relevant thing any. Um, a lot these days for a yeah, lot of people. Unfortunately, um, yes. Uh, weddings, funerals—these these things that in the past was only ever done in churches, less and less. It, mm-hmm. It's just not seen as as a relevant place. And then, yeah, th- there have been and there are uh, problems in 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 churches uh, uh, with people, with 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 the leaders, with, with whatever. And and that's something we touched on uh, that was mentioned in a in an earlier uh, earlier in this um, not in this program, but in, in a previous program in in, in this week. The church faces challenges both from within and from without. Let's let's deal with the first one, mm. problems from within. A helpful passage here is uh, one that we find in Matthew chapter 13. It's a story that Jesus shared. Matthew chapter 13 and um, verse 24, he, he, tell, he tells a parable here, and I want, I want to read this to us. Sorry, the setting here uh, is where Jesus tells a number of parables to illustrate what his uh, kingdom is going to be like, and um, uh, he, he's he's looking at the idea that of his followers, what what, what it will look like. Uh, Matthew thirteen verse twenty four. Jesus told them another parable: the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field, but while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat, and went away. Mm. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Then notice what he says here. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first, collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned. Then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. Mm. We learn a number of important things here about the church, Nick. 
uh, Jesus here is is referring to the kingdom of God, and um, uh, the church is 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 a, minif- a a visible manifestation of the kingdom of God yes. on earth. Um, and and in this parable, um, it, it it really um, shows us and acknowledges um, that there's going to be both good and bad in amongst God's people. In other words, we should expect problems in the church. Absolutely. Uh, good and bad, according to this parable, where we have the, the good seed, the wheat that grew, but then also amongst it uh, is, is the tares, as some versions put it, or, or weeds grows up as well. Uh, in other words, good and bad are in it together. Mm. Good and bad will exist together. Problems will be there until the end. Uh, in, in this parable, it said, let them both, that is the, the wheat and the tares, mm-hmm. the good one and the, and the weeds. Um, Jesus said, let both grow together until the harvest. Yeah. What, now, in this parable, uh, the, 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 clearly the, the seed that's planted is, 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 is the word of God. Yeah. And, it, it, and it's planted. Noticing, interestingly, that the, that the bad doesn't come from God. It, it, it comes from an enemy. Enemy, yes. Yeah. Nevertheless, the point is both grow together. And so what we find is we ought to be able to expect that in the church there will be both good and bad. There will be problems, Nick. This is this is what this is this is revealing to us. Mm. In other words, we shouldn't be shocked or surprised yeah, and yeah. then think, "Oh, this is no good. We need to get out of it because there's there's some bad things here." It's like in here they said, "Oh, should we get rid of it now?" No, 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 no. They're both going to grow together. And and just here we're talking the pure church, the true church, mm. because uh, we are not talking about the you you refer in a revelation about the the woman with the the you know uh, the pure woman yeah. who represented the true church. We are not talking about the apostate church now like not. you know yeah. these problems exist in the church on which jesus said that he will build this church yeah on on this rock yeah it's going to have a mixture of good and bad mm. uh good and bad the wheat and the tares the or the wheat and the weeds until the harvest mm-hmm. what is the harvest referring to uh well um there's there's a couple of explanations for that but um uh the simplest is if we just jump down to verse 39 here, Matthew thirteen thirty-nine. 39, yep. uh, Jesus explains that the enemy who sowed um, that the weeds was the devil, and the harvest, he says, is the end of the age, and the harvesters are the angels. Mm. The harvest is the end of the age, the end of the world. The harvesters are the angels. Angels. Revelation chapter fourteen. Um, the, the end of that chapter describes a harvest scene, mm-hmm. referring to the end of the world, re- referring to the the second coming of Jesus Christ. And uh, and so what this is telling us, Nick, is that good and bad are going to coexist right up until the end of time. Right. Um, just because, and here's the thing: just because there are problems in the church. Just because there are bad people in the church does not mean that the whole thing is bad. Yes. Like the saying, um, therefore, in other words, we don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. Mm. Uh, just because there are problems in a church doesn't mean that the church itself is wrong 
and that we should not be part of it. There's a, I think there's an important uh, yep. point there. Yep. Um, and only at the end will the problems be dealt with. And it will be dealt with in a divine way. Mm-hmm. Um, here it says that the angels will be the ones who will be the harvesters. So in response to, you know, the, the, as we look at what kind of a future does the church have, uh, there are challenges from within, Nick. Uh, challenges that within the church there are going to be problems. There, there are going to be um, things that shouldn't be there, people who shouldn't be there. But this tells us it's going to be like that right till the end um, but but the church will will, will prevail to the yep. end yep um, there will be a harvest so that's that's looking at uh, that's how to understand the problems from within mm-hmm. and uh, it's important you know, anyone that's listening might think yeah no I don't, I don't think the church is is really it anymore because there's too many problems within yeah. it yeah what yeah. this is saying to 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 those people is no um, the church will continue through with a mixture of both good and bad in it. And the more you fight in, you know, stay together, the the more prevalent uh, the that, church is going to be. Yeah. And the other issue the church faces then is challenges from without. That's where I really appreciated David a bit earlier on in our program. Uh, he reminded us the church attendance in Australia uh, and faith is declining. Yeah. And it is. Church attendance actually is at an all-time low. Church buildings uh, around our country uh, are being sold. Uh, they're being converted into into businesses, yes. uh, into shops. Um, uh, yeah, less, less, less and less. I mean, and many would then say that the church is less and less relevant yeah. these days. Uh, and again, I appreciated what, what David reminded us is uh, the the foundation, the Christian foundation that our country is established on and what, what we enjoy. Um, what people tend to forget is the contribution that churches have made in our world. Yeah. Many hospitals yep. have been set up by Christian organizations. By and still run church. today. Uh, and you know, still run today. That's that is, right. Yeah. Uh, Many schools and universities um, have been set up by, by Christian churches. Uh, there, there are many aid and humanitarian organizations that are owned and operated by churches, orphanages, and, and, and other things uh, like that that are making an impact and helping people uh, in, our, in our world. Mm. Now, there's no doubt the church is facing a challenging future, Nick. Uh, in our country, especially sport, money, media, yeah. has actually replaced church for many people. But the church will survive because it has a message that no other organization has. Wow. And that message is, is the one that uh, we find here. Matthew, let, uh, Matthew uh, chapter 28, Jesus said to his disciples, Go and make disciples of all nations. And then in, in Mark, it's, it's, it's even more interesting how he puts it. Mark chapter 16 and, uh, and, and verse 16, it says, it says this, Go into all the world. Jesus, uh, verse 15, sorry. Mark chapter 16, verse 15, Jesus said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. And then we find in Revelation chapter 14 uh, that there is... Uh, this uh, message referred to, Revelation chapter 14 and verse 6, an angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to proclaim to those who live on the earth. Yes, yes. 
the gospel is this message that the church has to proclaim to the world. Mm, absolutely. Um, I'm just taking a short break here. I'll play that ad again for that amazing book. Um, please uh, note uh, down this uh, phone number, 0401 If you like to have this book, send me an uh, SMS. When your life gets harder and the world gets worse, Jesus has the answers. Do you need the hope that Jesus will bring into your heart? What about your friends, family or workmates? Faith FM's free offer for you today is a life-changing book called The Great Controversy, filled with stories of hope and encouragement that are guaranteed to draw you closer to Jesus. To receive your free copy of The Great Controversy, go to faithfm.com.au or call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. Welcome back. You are listening to Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A. We need Krita and our host today is Joseph Maticic. We are dealing with uh, does the church has a future, have a future? And uh, Joseph, you just uh, uh, shared from Revelation 14, uh, verse 6, and in Mark, you know, and we're talking about the gospel, the mm. proclamation of the gospel. What is the gospel, Joseph? Yes, the gospel, um, in, in shortest, it, is, it means the good news. Mm. Good news. Um, it's the good news that the deepest needs of humanity are met in what Jesus, what Jesus did. Um, it is the news about the fact that... Uh, when we, when, if we're honest, we, we will admit that we've all made mistakes in life. We all die. But Jesus has died for all of those mistakes, for all of what it calls sins, and came to give us eternal life. Um, that is our deepest, deepest need. And the gospel is the only thing that can actually fill, fill that need. The church has been tasked to share this message to our world, mm. it's the gospel. It's it's good news. That's to go to to everyone, and it's because the church has a message like no other. That's nowhere else shared. That, that, that this is the only this 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 is really the ultimate solution to humanity's deepest needs, Nick. That's why the church will prevail. That's why the church will have a future. Every human being has three essentially three main core needs. It's to be loved, mm-hmm. to belong, yes. and to have a purpose. Yes. And it is the gospel message that can f- that, that really is the only thing that fulfills all of these three needs. To love, to be loved, to belong, and to have a purpose. In the gospel, we see how those three are met. Love. Well, the Bible tells us God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. In other words, the gospel really tells us that our greatest need for love is met in a God who loved us more than anyone or anything else. So much so that he gave his one and only son to die for each one. God is the one that truly demonstrated the greatest love. And so in the gospel we find that we, we are that, that's the ultimate love. The second great need of uh, every human is to belong. Well, once we accept the gospel, we become part of a body, the church, which means then we have a place to belong. And the third greatest need everyone has is for purpose to life. Mm. 
And this is again where the church um, meets that because one, the, the gospel tells us, the message, the good news of the gospel tells us that God so loved the world and we are loved in him. Um, the, the, the gospel means that we, we, uh, when we accept and believe that, we become part of a, a, a body, his church. And then we come to a purpose because the church gives us a place to serve humanity. Yes. So, Nick, bring it all together. As we've been looking at what is the church these last few programs and today as we're looking at, well, does the church have a future? The church certainly has a future. The mm-hmm. church has a glorious future. Amen. The church has a future because Jesus himself is the head of the church and he, he, he is eternal. Uh, the church has a future because it has a message like no other. It is the only message that, that meets the deepest needs of humanity. Um, yes, we acknowledge the fact that the church, uh, in, in there are some ways in which it needs to rethink what it does and how it connects with humanity, how it connects with the community, I should say. Uh, but at the end of the day, its, its message is one that humanity needs to hear. The church has a glorious future. Let me just share this from Ephesians chapter 5. Jesus here uh, talks about um, husbands loving their wives. And um, he says um, in in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 onwards, he says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her, that's the church, to present the church to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but to be holy and and blameless. Mm. He's referring to the fact that the church is his beautiful bride. And the reason I share this, Nick, is because... um, the church, Christ was going to present her as, as a beautiful bride. Uh, w- w- in Revelation 21, this, this, this depicts uh, new heaven and a new earth and, and, and God's redeemed people. And uh, it portrayed there, refers there to the holy city. Revelation 21 and verse 2, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. The church is compared to a bride. Christ loves the church as a husband is to love his wife. And Christ loved her immensely, much more than anyone's ever been loved because he gave his life for her. And at the end we see this picture that the, 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 the redeemed in the holy city are portrayed as, as a bride. Finally, I just want to leave with people that are listening today. Yes, the church has a glorious future. The question is, are you part of God's church? Mm. If you are not part of a church, you need to belong. Now, you might might have been at one stage. Uh, perhaps you've, you've looked at the problems in the church. You've thought, well, no, if there's problems in the church, I don't need to be part of it, or I've been hurt, uh, and there's no need, or I don't really see the church as relevant. It's just as long as I just believe in uh, faith in God and believe in Jesus, that's all that matters. Well, friend, no, because... Jesus says that he will build his church. He is the head of the body. It is his family. Yes. And to be a believer in Jesus is to be also a part of his body. You cannot separate it. And I would want to appeal to anyone listening that if you are not part of the church, you need to belong. You need to be part of it. The church is here with a purpose on earth to, to do the work of Jesus, to share this message until the day he comes. 
and we need to be uh, we need to he invites us to be part of it my appeal is if you're not be part of his church that's very good joseph um, i really enjoy this uh, would you be able to pray for us joseph just as we conclude let's do that dear lord in heaven we want to thank you uh, that you have established your church it's as enfeebled and as defective as it may be and has appeared through time. It's been buffeted and attacked um, in many ways. Uh, it's been challenged. Uh, there's been direct opposition. The enemy has used force and violence, persecution over the years, and other times used more subtle, deceptive uh, methods to, to infiltrate from within. And now we face challenges of secularism and um, and challenges of faith in, in a country like Australia, Lord. But we have been reminded the church will prevail, that no matter what's thrown against it, will not be able to overcome it because you've set it up and you're eternal. You will see it through. Help us, Lord, to be to be part of your church, to be active in your body, and to be sharing this message with those around us until the day when we will join you and see you face to face in the new heaven and the new earth with your redeemed people. Is my prayer for all of us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It looks like our time is up for today. Thank you for joining Nick Kurita and Joseph Matichik on Big Q&A. Uh, please uh, join us uh, next time when we are going to look at uh, what does the Bible say about how Jesus will come. Until then, may God bless you. And I'm going to leave you uh, today with a song called The Church Has a Future.
be free from the burden of sin. There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you or evil a victory win? There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Would you be free from your passion and pride? There's power in the blood. 